0: F the Cowboys, F all the rest of the East, but you know, go birds.
1: Welcome to another episode of Next Manor, and it feels really good to be saying that again for a number of reasons. One, well, you've just heard from Dallas Lutter, Dallas sucks. And two, it's game week, baby. We play the Lions on Sunday, and we have our first NFL UK watch-along of the 2022-2023 season at Passion, Avenue this Sunday. We'll talk about that more in a minute. But before any further ado, Phil Mount-Stevens, the himself, are you looking forward to Sunday? How are you feeling, sir?
2: Busting. Um, it's going to be really good. I mean, I missed out on the the Jets one that you did last year, but that was more of a sort of, you know, getting – we were sort of still getting to grips with sort of getting the fan base together. We've sort of taken over the British and Irish Eagles. We've been sending out membership to get discounts at – Passing and you for your for your food and your drink and then um, properly planning a couple this season. First one just happens to be the first game of the season. So the anticipation is not properly there now, isn't it? We're all sort of, it's game game week, first game week of the year. Plus we're all going to be in a bar together getting absolutely slaughtered on Pat's Blue Ribbon and <laughs> Cheese steaks. Uh, I can't wait. Um, yeah, no, it's going to be absolutely incredible.
1: And uh, we'll have the British and Irish Eagles flag there. Uh, we've got about 25 people who are going to be joining us on the day so far, probably a few more between now and Sunday uh, for the watch along. And then, um, yeah, I reckon, you know, by the time game game kicks off, we'll get some more Eagles fans from, from down the bottom, bring them up to a nice VIP area. You're listening in and you haven't messaged us about coming to the watch along on Sunday. What the hell are you doing? Get involved. Come see us. Let's go enjoy the Lions victory on Sunday together, because that's what it's going to be, my friends. A victory for our birds. Mick. How
3: are you feeling? Are you looking forward to it? Are you sad you're not going to be with us on Sunday? Uh, yeah, rub the salt. <laughs> I need the wind because <laughs> I won't be there. But, um, you know, we'll have another watch along. We'll have one um, north of the border for our Scottish contingent. We have a quite a strong Scottish contingent now in that group chat. Pretty vocal guys. And I'm looking forward to getting together with those guys um, further into the season. We'll have a good drink along, as I'm sure you guys will, down um, down south. So, um no, I'm actually really gutted that I can't make this event, but you know, there'll be future events, of course. We'll be, we'll be doing well. this for, for a long time yet. Just looking forward to you guys hoisting the, the British and Irish Eagles flag down the
1: you. Have a good night. You, you know it, you know. It. I mean, what I'm particularly looking forward to is I'm going to ask all the Eagles fans when we get there, like, how long into the evening will it be before Phil is incoherently singing fly eagles fly the entire song to anyone that will listen to him i'm going to give him like i'm not even sure he's going to make kickoff that that's me what about you <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: is this a, is this a reference to when we went and watched the london games last year it is, is it? Correct. i yeah. was singing i was singing the eagles flight song um outside uh, a, a train, train station game. yeah i can't even remember <laughs> which one um, I was pretty I was pretty far gone, but um, yeah, it killed the time till the train arrived, so it gave you some <laughs> entertainment.
1: It did. Maybe we'll have to release that video on our social media in the next few days, just to get when hyped up for Sunday. I've definitely got it in my phone somewhere for us to, uh, for us to dig out and show to the fans. But listen, uh, just by way of an introduction and the agenda today, we've got a really exciting podcast for you all listening in, and uh, we're going to touch on a, a few hu- housekeeping things first. Uh, roster moves that the Eagles have made since the last time we podcast two weeks ago. Uh, we'll talk about some practice squad moves, which have actually happened today. But Eagles, they are, they are, they have trained today. Injury report isn't out just yet, as we see here at 8:43 p.m. on Wednesday evening in the UK. Um, but we do have some information on who've practiced today. There's a few other things to note um, going on in Eagles camp camp over the last few days, which we're going to touch on. We have a question from ESP, which I'm hyper aware I said in the last podcast we would get to, and we never got to. So we're going to make sure that we get that today. And if that wasn't enough, we are going going to be welcoming Roar of the Lions, the UK Lions podcast, onto our show halfway through. We're going to be talking about the game on Sunday. Important matchups the season ahead for the Lions and the Eagles, how they feel. We're going to watch it. Anything you can imagine to do with the Lions on Sunday, we're going to be getting through. And the predictions are back, baby. The first predictions of the season are back. Liam, Mick, and Phil. I'm Liam, you're Mick, you're Phil. We'll be doing it. We'll be doing the predictions at the end of the podcast. So make sure you stay tuned till the end of it. And I'm going to ask you both a favor between now and the end we need to think of some kind of award or some kind of forfeit for the winner and the loser uh, of our predictions this season. Yeah, so We can,
3: um, we can bake the, the charity into that, I'm sure. Some, we can bake the charity
1: of... for that. That's a good idea. Okay, that's a good idea. That's a very good idea. The loser charity. will donate Charitable to charity.
2: forfeit, yeah. For, for sure. Probably should have um, discussed then, this offline before. we. <laughs> okay. <you> know, uh, <laughs> the, the,
1: the charity, the will have to donate to the charity and do a forfeit of choice as voted for by our listeners. Well, maybe we'll put a... Good idea. There you go. go. Perfect. All All right. Um, (laughs) Let's get into it. So some roster moves just to uh, talk to you guys about. First ones first, Jalen Rager. He's gone, lads. He's gone. Phil, how do you feel about Jalen Rager? Not only leaving the Eagles, we'll get into the trade deal in a second, but going to join Justin Jefferson at the Minnesota Vikings.
2: You, you couldn't have made it up, could you? I think it, it's very serendipitous in this in this aspect that he's gone to the play alongside, if he makes the team. Um, the guy that he's been sort of living in the, the shadow, in terms of Eagles fans' eyes, at least anyway, but most of the NFL has sort of been aware, of very making Eagles fans very aware that Regal was taken but one place before. Justin Jefferson, the great Justin Jefferson that we seem to get reminded of. Um, more yeah. I mean, I'm I'm glad. I mean, to be honest, I think I did say it last season that there was a small part of me that just feels like he needed to go somewhere because have one last chance. Because it may be us, as much as it is him. We we can get into the Howie situation that he's come out and said that uh he obviously made a mistake in prioritizing a particular position or type of player above the sheer fact um, that Justin Jefferson was, was clearly the better player. So, um, which shows, you know, finally how he's admitting a mistake. Cause we all, we always bang on about the fact that it doesn't seem to quite kind of go, Hey, hands up, I fucked up, you know, but he's come out and done that now. Um, but yeah, generally I'm hoping that he goes somewhere else. And you know, I generally do hope that he does something, not, not a lot, and especially not on this game week too, um, but does something for the team and, and, and gets his second shot and actually proves that he's not a complete and total bust. Um, I don't want to do too well, obviously, because then it will it will be embarrassing for us on on, this, on, a, on a second level. But yeah, but, but well, yeah, it's,
1: think- it's interesting, isn't it? Because as an Eagles fan, what he did do was try. Uh, there was there was no denying that he tried. He's got some he has some questionable decisions in the way he approached the media and the fan base. And there's no doubt about that. And know. you know he was probably here longer. Had uh, howie not. Draft him in the first round if he got picked up in the second or the third round, which some people had him being drafted in the second round that year of the draft. A lot of teams didn't have him as a first-round pick. Then I'm not sure he would have lasted this long. But Mick, mm. but with a big, a capital B-U-T, but Howie Wheeling and Dealing gets a conditional fourth and a seventh. The fourth could turn into a fifth pick, a conditional fourth and a seventh for Jalen Rager. Remind me what the Cowboys got for uh, Amari Cooper.
3: <laughs> oh, I can't if remember. They didn't get a lot, did they? They got a fifth, the fifth so round pick. That
1: was
3: it. Fifth round pick. This, um, I don't know how he does it, I, I honestly. I, I just don't get it. Um, how he seems to fleece these teams. He's had an absolutely incredible off-season. Um just going around the league, and you know, it's like, eh, who am I going to fleece today? Just looking at his phone, <laughs> tapping his fingers beside it.
2: I mean, considering but, that he, like, how he gets voted as, like, the worst GM to deal with by all agents in football, the fact that he, he still mess, manages man? to get this kind of capital for Wentz, for Rager, for all these other players that he seems to just manage to shift, it's just, it baffles me. Sorry, Mick.
3: <laughs> no, it's fine. I was, uh, I think I was, I was about to sing a song. But...
1: Maybe we'll have to do have but, a Harry Rose poem or a song this year
3: but, Break um, in, any song because Rager has left I think it would probably be like So long, farewell, we just saying Goodbye <laughs> Good <laughs> yes, riddance. I feel I, I feel bad actually picking on him Now that he's left the Eagles It, it feels like you're, you're sort of picking on the guy That's the last pick to form the football team You know, sitting on the bench And it's you're like, oh, look at him Just sitting it? there, just sitting that there. Comes from? <laughs> What's that? Was
1: that? Is that? Was that you at school? Is that where this uh, this comes from? You yeah, thought- I was
3: always picked last. Everything. I'm just. I am the opposite of an athlete. <laughs> Maybe in eating competition, I could I could probably <laughs> compete, but um, not much else. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was quite funny actually seeing on social media Vikings fans trying to justify Keelan Rager looking at his college tape and like oh getting excited and stuff. And, yeah, I mean, who knows? Stranger things have happened in the NFL, but.
1: I mean, he could put sticky gloves on, and that might help. You know, might help him catch the ball and not drop too often. Uh, he's got pace to burn but that hasn't left. Um, that hasn't left him. Look, I hope he does. I hope he does something for the Vikings. You know, we'll, 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 we may see him very soon, Nick. Right? Week, Week two? two.
3: Week two. At yeah. the link.
1: Well, he hasn't exactly done very well in training against Slay and Bradbury in training. So let's hope he continues that form on the field. If he does, in fact make the field, as you say, Phil. It doesn't matter if he does, in fact, make the field. All right, let's move on from Jalen Rager. He's had an of time on every single Eagles podcast media channel over the last uh, two to three years. So let's uh, let's wave goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye, Rager. Uh, let's move on to Anthony Harris. Um, picked him up last year on a, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a decent deal at safety, a position we've not been very uh, strong at, fair to say, for a while now. And um, he's been released. A shock, I think, when we when we looked at the cuts. Mick coming back to you again. A bit of a shock that he was initially cut. Obviously, yeah. less of a shock now. We what well, we're going to go on to in a second with the additions. But um, were you shocked to see him go?
3: I was. Uh, I just wasn't expecting it at all. When we were doing our fifty-three man roster cut downs, I don't think like anyone. I don't. I don't think I even seen a beat writer cut Anthony Harris. He was um, a lot. Not that, not that like he was one of our best players but just because we're so it's a position i need safety you know even i know we're going to come on to who we've brought in which uh you know there's no spoiler alerts for anyone that's listening to this podcast they already know but um you know we are still pretty weak at the position like having marcus etchry bankenship made it on you know Kevon wallace made it back um for another year, God knows why, but yeah, absolutely was a, a surprise to me. At least he's for a depth piece and maybe even like a veteran presence. Is, um, yeah, actually quite surprising that one.
1: But let's get on to the additions then, because we initially filled that hole, Phil, and and a hole we've been talking about all off season, and that is the safety position. We signed C.J. Gardner-Johnson, safety nickel from the Saints, along with a seventh round pick in return. For a 2023 fifth round pick and the lower of 224 sixth round picks, another absolute ridiculous deal. Phil I was saying this every single week in the offseason from Harry Roseman. How excited are you that the Eagles have filled that? What was it becoming a gaping hole? Even with even with some national media hyping up Marcus Epps, let's be realistic here. That was the biggest need for the Eagles. How happy that we've got that we've got them in?
2: Oh boy, it's <laughs> It, like you said, we've been crying out for for that position. Every 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 sort of opinion on on the the additions that we made so far the season was always met with the, yeah, but our safety uh, position is still an area of weakness. As, are we going to do anything for it? And it didn't seem like anything was going to happen. Um, the Harris drop does sort of taint it slightly for me because it felt very much like two steps forward, one step back. It's like yeah, you, you made a significant addition, and and I think he's going to be. Great. There's also the, the question about the fact that he's not played much safety um in the NFL. And you know, the, yeah. how he seems to be confident that he can transition across fairly easily. He's coming he as
1: a safety. The Eagles have said he's going to be a yeah, safety. Yeah, so player. they've, but they've, they've come Eagle. in
2: a bit, but he's not it's almost like we're we're signing a um a nickel corner as a safety, um, predominantly as a safety. Um hopefully this isn't Jalen Rager part two trying to be clever and he's learned his mistakes and this is a genuine genuine sort of uh intent to, to bring a player in of his quality change him over and it'd be an absolute master strike who would have thought of bringing this guy in mm-hmm. and you know a, as a safety rather than his natural or not natural position his 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 recent position for the Saints yeah. as, as as a as a cornerback um mm-hmm. so yeah it's sort of I'm happy, really happy. I like the guy. He's got the attitude. He's got the 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 persona already. He's already taking the mick out of James Bradbury in, in training, saying <laughs> how bold he is, if you haven't seen the video. Um
1: I haven't seen that
2: video, but I, I mean he was only very yeah, it's a very short one. It's just um, yeah, he's just sort of like I said, he's bold. He's really bold. It's just like you are still new on this team, man. I know James is also new, but yeah. But I think you obviously mean—they mean, they mean it. They mean it well, and they obviously show. He has no
1: him. inhibitions, does he? I mean, you look no. at the way he just sat there. He's going to fit right in. Looking up at like Tom Brady, making Tom Brady smile. Uh, he, you know, he had the, the 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 two people punch him in a game, um, because he's obviously going to wind them up. There was the Michael Thomas thing with his teammate. This guy is built for Philadelphia. Like, he's yeah. ready-made for Philly.
2: Yeah, so hopefully he comes in and, and it is that 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 final missing piece. And and I, and yeah, I do feel sorry for Harris because I don't think he's done a bad job. He's, I think he's been here for two seasons now, isn't it? I think he was... Is it two
1: seasons? Yeah,
2: two single-year contract. I think he came in and then he was re-signed um, uh, last year. But, and he didn't do a terrible job, but obviously, you know, we wouldn't be talking about the safety position as an issue if, if, if there wasn't a need there. But, it does feel very much like two steps forward, one step back. But hopefully, he's a he's a three step forward kind of guy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like that three step forward kind of guy. Do you think uh, Mick the, the performance that Reed Blankenship had in the offseason season um, contributed to the fact that they were okay letting Harris go with Epps, um, CJ, and, and Blankenship? Obviously, he got Kayvon Wallace, who was a, a third or fourth, I think he was a fourth round uh, draft pickup. Um, and obviously, Harry wants to see, <laughs> make sure he, he he's he's not terrible before he lets another uh, relatively high pick go. Do, do you think Blackmanship's performance was part of the reason to to let Harris go?
3: Well, I mean, it must have played some sort of part. Like he's been doing well in <clears throat> joint practices, and he played in all of the preseason games, and he made quite a lot of plays. I know we were sticking out, you know, second teamers and top teamers. We got beaten up by the Dolphins a bit. But um, Reed Blankenship seemed to stand out in a lot of those games. Um, but, you know, you know, you seem to be still a UDFA at the end of the day, and he's a decent depth piece at this point. But, I mean, look, like, if, if we are counting on this guy to be a starter if someone goes down, that's a concern. Um, yeah. I still don't think that the room is deep enough. But, I mean, you can't have it all on your roster. That's the beauty of the NFL. There's holes in every single team. Happens to be safety. We brought in CJ GG, which is a mouthful to say. Um, It is. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's come up with a different name. Can we just give him Shagger since Alex Engleton's gone?
1: I'll tell you you what, let's anoint him on the podcast. (laughs) CJ Gardner Johnson shall now and ever forth be called Shagger.
2: Right, he's
3: now called Shagger. So, Shagger, the only concern I've got with him just now is him learning the scheme in such a short time period before the season start. The season's coming thick and fast. Like I said, we've got the game coming up on Sunday. He's really just joined the squad, and um, we'll see how fast he picks up Gannon's defence.
1: Yeah, and, and Gannon's defence is an important thing to mention when we talk about the nickel and safety. He kind of plays the two uh, roles, you know, very cross-skilled roles he sees them as. We got um, Joe and Scott as well to <clears throat> factor in who can who can play across the cornerback and, and safety position.
3: So yeah, well, it not- gives us more flexibility to play in yeah. you know, the, the sort of nickel and dime packages. That it will keep um, keep offenses guessing. You know that I think that's that's pretty much the whole idea of our defense this season is just keep the offenses guessing with the amount of different packages that we can provide on the line with its three man fronts, four man fronts, and you know, it's, um, it's sort of limitless by the, the personnel that we've brought in. It's, it's looking pretty good. So, hopefully, hopefully, Jonathan Gannon can do something this season defensively. We'll see. I,
1: I hope, I hope that's the case as well for both our sake, the Eagles' sake, and Jonathan Gannon's sake for any future jobs he wish to have in the National Football League. Uh, let's bring. Let, let's talk about the second player who, who, who's joined the squad. Um, polarizing opinions on. Trey Sermon, since he's joined the Eagles. He was an absolute stud at college. I'll, I'll let you talk about that in a, in a minute, Mick. He, 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 he was only drafted last year by San Francisco in the eighty-eight pick overall. He was the third ring back on the roster when he came in, Mo, behind Mo Start and Elijah Mitchell. He didn't really do much. He, he had a fluttering start to his, or a stuttering start, I should say, to his NFL career. 160 odd yards and uh, one, one NFL touchdown in the games that he played. But injured in week 12, ankle injury, and and then, you know, was 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 on the roster and then eventually cut by the San Francisco 49ers. Rumors had it that Howie was looking to trade for him, waited. <laughs> he, he wasn't trading anywhere. He was cut, and then Howie picked him up in free agency. Another one by Howie. Um, and... <clears throat> How do you feel about him, Phil, with the, with the running back room we have at the moment with Miles Sanders, with Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott, and, and Trey Sermon coming in? I mean, his college stock is ridiculous, but there's got to be a reason a, a team like the 49ers who are well-run, well sound well, well like Jonathan Watts here, they're a well-run <laughs> um, team at the 49ers, and for them to let someone like him go a year after they've drafted and put so much value in his in his draft in his draft capital like a concern is more at play here that we don't know about for trey or are you really excited to see why why he could potentially go for the birds
2: i'm completely in the middle liam you'll be oh what a surprise <laughs> <laughs> i no. think that's an effect for fence. <laughs> just a creaking fan. <laughs> Um. No, I mean, I remember you know, going into the last season thinking like Trey Sermon seemed like a, there was a lot of high stock sort of fantasy-wise for people sort of taking in quite early on because it was quite hype for, for a player like that to to sink so so low, to be left, wavered and picked up. Um, for us, is great. I think yeah, there's very little downside, um, potentially huge upside. So for the potential side of things, I'm, I'm well on board. I didn't think, you know, Something like that would happen. you know Are the 49ers fools for for letting him go for nothing, or do they know something? You, you know, you hit the nail on the head. That that's essentially where it divides opinions. You know, they signed another running back in the draft, didn't
1: they? Is it David Dave, David Price, Davis Price? um uh,
2: they signed him in the third, yeah, fourth round. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, the, the, and I think they are potentially stacked, and with the the Debo Samuel hybrid stuff from last season, maybe they just. Couldn't justify keeping him on on the roster, but for whatever reason, he's he's, he's ours now. So, uh, from my perspective, it's it's all the best for him, and I hope he does because you know our running back room has been sort of like with the Sanders uncertainty, Gainwell, Canny up? Scott's great and all, but he's not he's not there all the time. He's just that guy. He's just always reliable. It's but he's not the guy who's going to be your lead back at any point. You know, there's every chance that Sermon comes in and 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 blows out of the water, or he, or he just becomes another piece to the the running back committee that um, Coach Singleton's going to be operating with this season.
1: I wonder uh, whether, just on that point, I wonder whether Siriani and Howie are looking at Sermon. They've seen what Game was done, and I I don't think Game was ever going to step up to be a running back one. That's my that's my opinion. I don't think he'll ever be a, a running back one for Eagles. I might need my words, but I, I don't think he will be. I wonder if they see Sermon as kind of a you know a boomer bust play here. So if Sanders goes down injured again, or they don't want to pay Sanders after his after this final year because he's in a he's in a contract year, and Sermon plays relatively well and can be explosive, maybe sat maybe the long term employee could be Trey Sermon taking over that role um, as your explosive three down, you know, running, running back.
2: I think for being so confident that will can't be that guy, you seem supremely confident that Sermon could be. I think that's a little bit of an. I don't. I don't
1: I, maybe maybe that's that's come across. Um, not the way I intended. I really don't. I'm not confident the Sermon can be that guy. I think it's very much boomer bust. Mm. I'm actually more on the I'm actually more on the bust side of things for Sermon than I am the boom. It's um, risk isn't it? I mean, I, yeah.
2: The, yeah. the one the one thing I will say is that what I've heard from a lot of people justifying who are on the positive side of the Sermon <clears> signing sound an awful lot like Vikings fans right now, <laughs> um, trying to justify <laughs> ignoring the interim time, the NFL time and go, oh yeah, but as a college you know, he was played this was in the slot and he was his speed is phenomenal and that's yeah. exactly what we said when we signed Regan it just feels like, I'm, I'm all for it it's a free hit so I've got no no bad things to say about it, I'm just sort of very conscious that the way people talk about it is that oh, we'll just ignore the glaringly obvious things, the fact that he got cut after a very short period of time by the 49ers um, who seem to know an awful lot about running backs um, we can't ignore yeah. that from
3: that's exactly it for me. He's free hits. He's just a guy that was signed to the practice squad. And, um, we didn't sign him with the fifty three, did we? No, he's on the practice squad. Yeah. Trey
1: Service? No, he's
3: on the fifty three. Was he? All right. Okay, we carried them. Um, but again, it's, it's just a, a young guy who's who's cheap. Um, and he's got sort of that bigger body running back you know i'm not sure if coach singleton wants to get his boxing gloves out from this boy because <laughs> when, he, when he's trying to release the ball because he's got he's six foot 215 pounds that's 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 a big back so that's a big back <clears throat> so big back. well hopefully he can contribute this season we'll see how he fares but um this it's not something to get overly upset about you know i think it's it's, it's worth a shot
1: it's worth a shot, isn't it? All right, let's move on. Um, so I'm quickly going to run through some practice squad moves today, and then we'll take a 60-second break before we welcome the Aurora Lions onto the podcast. Um, and then, I think, following the Aurora Lions, we'll, we'll talk about the injury report, as hopefully it'll be finally out by then, and um, and some other things to note before we get to ESP's question and our predictions. So lots of reasons to tune in for after the Aurora Lions. Leave, it, leave us but just quickly for now some, some things to update you all on practice squad moves today Reed Sinis, the yo-yo man himself uh, is now been released again from the practice squad as has, has had the recently added running back michael Perrin he has also been released and in our you know how much we read into these practice, practice squad signings at this stage of the season I'm not too sure but there seems to have been some hype around Arden uh, Tate uh, previously with the Bengals and the Falcons. He's six foot five, two hundred and thirty pound, giant wide receiver. He's been signed to the practice squad. He, for, for all intents and purposes, had a good tryout with the Eagles yesterday, and and, and therefore has been signed as a different type of player uh, for us to have on the Eagles squad. Harking back to the Alshon Jeffrey uh, type of role, and, and even bigger than AJ Brown, who we have at the moment for the Birds. And then Dalton Keane, uh, who was a third-round draft pick um, pickup at tight end by the Patriots in 2020. Um, he's had two back-to-back career-ending knee injuries, so the talent may be there, be, from drafted from, from college football, but certainly the injury history is a little bit scary for us to really contemplate him becoming a name we're going to be talking about regularly on this podcast, especially when you factor in Tyree Jackson, and still being on the pop list um, as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, just 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 very, very brief thoughts on Odin Tate. Uh, Mick, do you think there's going to be any... Will you see the field at all, do you think?
2: No. Nope.
1: No, nor do I. Phil? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I've got nothing more to really add in then it's practice squad signings are all just a bit of a lot, it's just trying to hoard the players that you think have the potential to do something, and then,
1: yeah,
2: you know, it takes nothing to get rid of them, so...
1: There was a there was a there was a big catch. Uh, Falcons uh, at practice this year, which was doing do the rounds today, one-handed air catch where right? it must be like eight foot up in the air by the time we cut it. And so I just want to keep an eye on folks. But um, listen, we're going to be welcoming the Royal Lions in in the next couple of minutes. Well, be sixty seconds actually. Um, we'll have a brief advert for Pashing Avenue, and then we'll be back with the Royal Lions um, and followed up by our predictions and hopefully the injury report. That's that set as well. Speech in a second this podcast is sponsored by passion Avenue, london's premier philadelphia sports bar it is the number one location to watch eagles games and nfl football this season i can guarantee you that because i've been there myself a number of times not only that but we are also due to be hosting some kick-ass watch parties for eagles games during the season stay tuned for more on that but if you are a member of the british and irish eagles you will also receive 20 percent off your food and drink once a month at Passion's London locations in Fitzrovia, Waterloo, and Stratford. You can sign up via our website www.british-eagles.co.uk. Don't wait till the season begins, though, to take a trip because Passion serves up authentic American eats such as the classic Philly cheesesteaks, buffalo wings, and much, much more. Follow us both on Twitter at British Eagles and at Passion Avenue. You can also find Passion on Instagram and TikTok. If you are looking for an excuse to wear your Eagles jersey before the season kicks off, then hit them up. Go, birds! Awesome. And um, we're back, and we're back with two of our friends from the Roar the Lions UK Lions podcast here in the UK. Matthew, I would ask you how you are, but I've just been informed you're a Liverpool fan and you're currently losing 4-0 to Napoli at the moment. So other than that, how are you feeling, buddy?
4: 4-1 now, so I'm better. I'm all good. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, not too bad. Can't wait for football to begin as time of recording. We're, what are we, four days away? I kept five days away for us. Cannot wait for it to kick off.
1: Yeah, I feel you. Steve, how are you doing, buddy? Looking forward to it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think um, me and Matt were just chatting, and the, the Bills against the Rams just for any neutral is like a really good game to kind of just whet the appetite for Sunday. Um, yeah. But yeah, we're we're really up for the Lions this season. Obviously, Hard Knocks has been a bit of a gateway drug for us, and um, yeah, we're ready.
1: What a perfect question, Phil. Uh, you sent this question through to me to kick this podcast off because you just mentioned Hard Knocks, and uh, Phil sent me this question earlier on today, and I was like, that, "That's a good question." Uh, so so Phil,
2: do you want do you want to take your question away? The question is centered um specifically around hard knocks, like um, because I, you know, I've watched all of them now, and it Dan Campbell's infectious. The team looks really good. Um, the couple of key players are sort of obviously looking impressive. Um it was saying, do you think that the hard knocks Um, show for you guys this year has positively or or negatively impacted the expectations and the evaluation of the team heading into 2022. So sort of has it, is it inflated sort of realistic expectations or is it sort of served to provide sort of substance to, to why you guys believe that you guys are going to be better this year? Do
4: you want to take it, Steve?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I think from the Lions fans point of view, we were already pretty much bought into mcdc as we we call him before um you know before hard knocks from the the whole bite your kneecaps press conference which you know although was a little bit embarrassing because i think he was just kind of so hyper um you know when when you've got a coach that is just mangling the metaphors on a daily basis you know um i think one of my favorites was um we're gonna tread water as long as it takes to fucking bury you um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which, you know, we're, we're still pondering the meaning of, but, you know, he, he's like literally a walking rent quote, quote But at the same time, not in a kind of crap 90s football manager kind of way, but you can see from hard knocks and you can see from the kind of media sessions how much the players respect him. And, you you know, you can see from how we fought, even when we were 0-8 last season, um, we never really gave up. There was... <laughs> Probably the Eagles game we kind of gave up, but I'm sure we'll come onto that in a bit. But... Yeah, you may come onto that in a bit. You never know. <laughs> so, so I think from a from a Lions fans' point of view, we're already well bought into Dan Campbell. Um, I, I think there will be very rapidly this season um, if things start to go badly. Uh, you know, I, I think if it's a case of okay, we've, we've seen all the sand bites, we've had all the big pep talks. We need to see results now because three 13 and one last season was absolute garbage. And yeah, we had a couple of, you know, the Justin Tucker field goal record, you know, record yardage field goal. And there was a few absolute knives to the heart uh, in, the, in the last like few You're seconds. You're on
1: the wrong side of history there, aren't you? A little bit, it's,
0: yeah. But yeah, we, we want to see results now. And we, we want to see, you know, I think a, a winning season or, you know, I, I think I've predicted eight and nine this season and, and I think that has to be the kind of the goal. Uh, if we have same again, doesn't matter how funny he is on hard knocks, it's not going to be good.
4: Yeah. yeah. I think, I think for me, just, I think it has elevated expectations a tiny bit. I think we were already far too high on the team and I'm more guilty of that than anyone on our part. So I'm, I'm predicting greater than 500 at this point. So it's like, okay, properly chugging the Kool-Aid,
1: but he was shaking us in there for those uh, listeners you can't see.
4: <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it, it's one of those things, though, where, like, so if you've watched episode five, the final episode of Hard Knocks, which aired yesterday in the States, it doesn't air until tomorrow over here, but I managed to find a stream of it. You can see how the players regard this team. When the people who are getting cut and they're not coming back give a speech about how grateful they are to the team and to the coaches. And to say to these guys, I think you're doing the right thing for the future direction of this team. Not about themselves, but just about how they're conducting themselves, how much respect they have. They could say, F you, I'm out of here. If you don't want me, someone else will. And there's absolutely none of it. If Hard Knocks got any of those moments on tape, they didn't put them out there. And why not? It'd be great telly. So you've just got to think, actually, these guys have such great respect for for them. But I will say on Steve's point about three thirteen and one wasn't good enough last year. I think that the twenty twenty one Detroit Lions had the worst post merger roster of all time i'm I'm very close to saying that the Lions roster last year was one of the worst teams I've ever seen, especially well since I started looking watching the NFL in two thousand and nine I think it's the worst roster I've ever seen I'm not sure it's we worse were, than the
0: Bears roster this season but you know it I,
4: I, it's, <laughs> it's worse than the Bears roster this season i I can't believe we won three and a half games like it is a testament to how well we did in terms of bringing the guys together as a team and playing above themselves that we actually got there i'm quite
2: i'm quite surprised at that because i from my perspective i feel like only three games like um Steve mentioned you got unlucky or not unlucky but you were just narrowly beaten at the post like really sort of fine margin sort of stuff like those those losses could have been wins so easily I mean the longest field goal for I mean yeah. you can't you can't even walk away from that going you just literally got to go well wow, there's nothing, nothing more we could yeah. have done well I suppose maybe you know be have a better squad play better generally but and not mm-hmm. be in that position in the first place but but to, to, to but, go at that is yeah go ahead you, you,
4: you have a look at how many UDFAs we had, not only make the team but start, and you have a look at the squad and you say, okay, these guys will be good depth players. Where's the superstars? There's like last year, there was no one, not really. Okay, who was our starting wide receiver one? It was it was Khalif Raymond. He's he's wide receiver six this year. Like that's where we're at as a team. You know that it was it was woeful. And don't forget, Jared Goff was awful for 10 weeks like really really bad and i'm sure we'll get onto golf later but really bad team outperformed expectations last year no reason why we can't do it again so yeah. expectations are much higher yeah yeah you no, say they'll yeah.
1: get on to that later uh well phil sorry did you have a follow-up question
2: it was only the fact that what you, what uh, matt mentioned about um the the the, the, the mentality the ethic the the team cohesion, even the, the players getting cut, have got that that positive attitude. The team, like Dan Campbell, was definitely brought that into their team, very much similar to to how Nick Sirianni has 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 had the impact on the Eagles. And it's just bringing like the fact that everyone's playing for the same this, in the same direction. No one's out for themselves. Um. So it's un, it's sort of it's unquantifiable how much of an impact that has on your team. So you might you may well be right there, Matt.
1: So there's a follow-up question here. You mentioned Goff and we we'll get into it later, but I think we should just get into it right now. Um, first overall pick, same year to Carson Wentz was drafted. So we we we've been following Goff's career fairly closely because of that. Um as, as Eagles fans. He did have a better, better, better second half to the year, I think it's fair to say. Goff did. Uh, I and when he left the Rams, there was a there was a hand injury going on, and you know, he 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 was as they say in America, he was a winningest quarterback, right? Terrible word. But he'd won more games than he'd lost as a quarterback. And he has got a lot of stock. And, you know, and, and there was certainly talent in there to begin with. We know he has limitations. But looking into the 2023 season, Steve, um, what does Goff need to do to be the starter in 2023, given the huge talent in the quarterback draft class um, projected
0: for next year? i think this the the advantage that goff has got this year is that he's got one of the best offensive lines i think certainly in the nfc possibly in the whole nfl definitely top five if if all fit and we'll come on to that but you know decker and sewell as the tackles Ragnar, an awesome center and you know yeah. we've got two pretty good guards as well so if you're playing behind that o-line um and you've got DeAndre Swift, who is like a genuine um, you know, running back, but pass-catching running back. And yeah. you've got a, a decent wide receiver room. There's absolutely no reason why he can't succeed. Last season, that O-line, the five starters never played a single snap all on the field at the same time. It was yeah. chaos. Um, and you can see Goff was rattled. Goff's one of those quarterbacks like Kirk Cousins. You do not want pressure on him because he you know he falls to pieces very very quickly and again you look back at his rams career rookie year all over the place and then i think 2017 2018 he was pretty good quarterback for the rams pff grades were good and because he had a pretty solid o-line um you know to, to work behind so i think for goff to get the starting job next season he just has to maximize all of those weapons at his disposal now he's got you know, a solid running game that we, he should have. Um, and Amon Ross and brown as a wide receiver has been, was an absolute breakout last season. I think a fourth round pick, Mac, fifth round pick. Um, yeah, and, four. And, and just absolutely transformed from about week four or five, just switched on and, you know, was such a good player. And now we've got Shark from the Jags, Jameson Williams when he's fair, Josh Reynolds from the Rams as well. So there's plenty of weapons there. And you know uh, we've all you talked about. Like,
1: you haven't even mentioned T.J. Hopkinson either, at tight end, uh,
0: right? Yeah, absolutely. But you know, we've we've all talked about like preseason warriors, and you know how good people look in August. Goff has looked really good in camp, so you know th- it's his it's his to fuck up, really. <laughs> I
1: like that. I like that. I <laughs> mean, you, you talked about you mentioned Sharp there, and really interesting for me because he's still only twenty five years old. 2019, he had um, nearly 1,000 yards and eight, and eight touchdowns in, in 2019. And he, he, he regressed the year after and didn't play many, many games or snaps at all for the Jags last year. do you, do you, if you look at Amundsen Brown, and if you look at Goff, park in for a second, St. Brown, Shark, and Swift as you know, receiving and running threats for the Lions, that could be potentially very potent. This year, behind as you say, a very very good offensive line. You, met, you mentioned top five. I think, yes, yeah, certainly up there. The Eagles as well have. I mean, rated the top offensive line in the league by a lot of mainstream um, news outlets, P- PFF um, for one as well. And I saw Amundsen Brown on uh, Good Morning Football not too long ago, and very calm, very collected, um, not getting ahead of himself. He looks like an absolute. He looks like an absolute player for you guys. So brings me on to my next question uh, and, and one that you've already kind of touched on, uh, Matthew, here as well. And Steve, you've touched on as well. And that's the, the, project, the projection for the Lions this year with everything going around Dan Campbell. You say over 500, Matthew. Is, is, is that realistic, buddy? I mean, I, I, I like the Lions and, I, and I've, got a lot, I've got a lot of time for them. Do, do you think over 500 is, is realistic for a team that are still building? um and 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 kind of a flip side to that we've talked a lot about the offense like we haven't talked about the defense at all and how that defense affects your predictions for this year
4: what's realistic is really really hard to gauge right because i think what you've got to do is you've got to look at games that you think you must win or should win games that you think you can't win or shouldn't win and then everything else is a sort of near 50 50 flip and you'll probably do like half of them and i think there's i think there's maybe four games that i think that we should be winning like we're just better sides than those teams and and 90 percent of the time i would like us to be winning those games and i think similarly there's maybe three games maybe four but let's say three that i kind of think we have pretty much no chance in so you split them out let's say four i think we should win in three we shouldn't then you've got ten remaining. And let's say we split those. Well, that gets you 9 and 8. And Rubber the Green gets you one way or the other. So you could be 7 and 10. You could be 11 and 6. And that just kind of comes with a bit of luck. So that's kind of how, on a sort of high level, I kind of can get to a plus 500 record. But if we broke down game by game where we thought we were going to be at, the consensus for you was 7 and 10 on our pod. I okay. was... I was 11 and 6 when we went through it game by game, but I think actually I go 10 and 7, actually. But I know that Steve was more 6 and 11, I think, going around the other way, I think. 8
0: and 9. You, uh, eight so, and nine. I mean, you look at the schedule. We're playing the Bears twice. <laughs> I'm, I'm not well, going to say anymore. Yeah. Um, and then Number we've, one got, pick. we've got the, the Jags. We've got the Jets. We've got the Giants. We've got the Commanders. Seahawks. We've got the Commanders. So...
4: Patriots. That- Patriots is a must-win game. They are in disarray right now. Sorry.
0: <laughs> so Just those teams alone, that's kind of... And, and that's why I picked... I, I've kind of picked us to beat all those teams and I've picked us to lose against, you know, the Vikings, the Dolphins... And yeah, we, we, we're going to get absolutely humped by the Bills on Seahawks.
1: Thanksgiving. Jags and Seahawks don't don't seem like absolute dead certs just because of the unknown around Doug Peterson, what he's what he's brought the people, he's brought in to the franchise. He's a very good head coach. I think he'll get a lot more out of Trevor Lawrence this year. And the state that the Jags were in last year with their with their head coach, you, you can almost write off what happened last year for them. And the Seahawks, I know they've lost Russell Wilson, but they have a lot of weapons. Um, a wide receiver I'm not saying you won't win those games but I'm not, I'm not sure I'd put those as locks if I was
0: looking at it let Matt talk about the defense just just now but I'll just make the point the thing that the Lions defense is really bad against is a mobile quarterback that can escape the pocket and run and I'm sure you guys are going to want to hear a bit more on that and that's <laughs> why I think teams like the commanders this year and the Seahawks we should win those games because they just don't have that kind of threat. But, you know, whenever we've got uh, one of those mobile quarterbacks, our defense easily comes apart. And what, what
4: would you say, Matt? Well, so last year and in previous years, we've struggled against the sort of mediocre pocket passer who shouldn't be us. The Mitru Trubiskis of the world seemed to tear us apart where, where the mobile quarterbacks didn't. And then, we we actually underwent a, a defensive change in this offseason where we went from a read and react system, which, you know, two gapping uh, off our defensive line, uh, which is fine. It's not very attacking. You're not getting very many tackles for a loss, but you hope to kind of get them in third and five situations or something. And we're now going into a penetrative one gapping go and get the quarterback situation. And that transition's been tough for us. So, in the first game of preseason, with the starters out there, you saw the front four on the defensive line try and rush the pass for all of them and not worry about gaps or anything like that, not really keeping eyes on the running backs or anything like that, just trying to get off the quarterback. They'd vacate the pocket and the quarterback had just stepped through it. It was it was really woeful to watch. They kind of tightened up on that aspect in, in games two and three. I'm not I'm not convinced that we're going to struggle against a mobile quarterback any more than a pocket passer. I think that our secondary has shown a propensity to be weak, especially over the middle. I think that's probably where we're going to target the Eagles as well. Um, tight ends, I think, are going to be really big. But yeah, mobile quarterbacks, Hurts has the – we saw it last year, Hurts and Sanders – just destroyed us so that that's target number one It's something we will struggle with because they're bloody good at it i don't think it's mobile quarterbacks in general i think it's hurts is one of the better ones at it
1: yeah i mean we, we certainly agree and you know inside some of our podcasts recently this this season for the eagles you know anything less than a playoff win potentially two playoff wins and it will be seen as a failure for the the amount of talent that we have on this squad uh, for Hurts, Sirianni, and uh, certainly Jason Gannon, our defensive coordinator. Um, so yeah, I, I, it's interesting. The Eagles are a different team this year. Uh, you know, they, they have a lot of passing weapons, uh, which they which they didn't have. Well, they had last year, but they've certainly strengthened. AJ Brown is just he makes he's a difference maker for any team in the National Football League. Um, good connection with Hurts in the off season. Devontae Smith, who would have been you know taught, would have been. Challenged by CB ones will now be challenged by CB twos, and he had an incredible uh, rookie season. Dallas Dodd-Arts, uh, this will be his first season as tight end one for the Eagles after Zach Ertz left halfway through the season, and he he's pushing to be a top five tight end. Sanders is he was healthy on injury report today for the first time in three weeks, so um, potentially he will be suiting up on on um, Sunday against you guys. We've got well and Boston Scott, and you've got Hertz's legs on the ground, and we've got one of the best O-lines in football. So I think it will be difficult for you guys. Um, but with that in mind, what's the area you're you're most concerned about going into the weekend from a Lions perspective when you're stacked up against the Eagles' offense, offensive line and a better defense, to be fair, than we had last year, picking up Bradbury as quarterback two, and we just talked about it before you guys came on. Picking up CJ in safety was one of the biggest holes we had to fill. Jordan Davis uh, being drafted in the first round. Picking up the Kobe Dean, a linebacker in the third. And picking up K- K- Kazir White as well. So our defense is stronger as well. But with all that in mind and, and with your knowledge of the team for the Lions and where you are right now, what's your biggest area of concern? And, and what's, the, what's the area you're most excited about seeing this Sunday?
0: And i would say for me the area i'm most excited about is i want to see what aiden hutchinson's like in terms of you know he he's been the darling of of you know of august and, and practice and you know he has absolutely lit it up and you know dan campbell isn't one to gush praise but you know hutchinson's absolutely put in the work at every practice session i didn't realize like what a motor that guy's got on him um but I want to see him now, you know, I'm I'm super excited to see the Eagle, the Eagles have got one of the best O-lines. So what can Hutchinson do? And is Hutchinson still going to be a factor because if he's bothering you you guys, then it means that when we get to Seattle or Washington or the bears, you know, he's going to be devastating. So for me, that's like my biggest air of excitement. Um, I think my biggest worry is I think you've got a really good secondary. um, And I think First time in a long time. <laughs> the first yeah. time I've ever heard that. I think. Yeah. <laughs> but I, think, um, I, I think for Goff, um, this could be a bit of a baptism of fire because I think it's going to be one of the tougher secondaries that he's going to face. Certainly in the first half, and um, certainly until probably week nine when we get to Green Bay. Um, so if that goes badly, the wheels could come off very quickly because you know our our receiving core is still gelling
4: for me i don't really have any worries about the eagles defense like if if things fall to pieces they do and the propensity for that to happen is is clear the eagles front four is excellent the secondary is excellent like that that's going to be a struggle for us but As we kind of alluded to before, Goff looks great in preseason. He's got his chemistry with his receivers together. The offensive line's been creating some huge holes for the running backs. I think that there's going to be a nice mix of run and pass in the game, which is really going to help him. They've tailored the scheme a bit more to Goff's strengths as well. He's actually had his best chemistry it's probably not a shock when you think about it but with josh reynolds who's actually probably wide receiver three but from his days at the rams that's kind of come together Mm -hmm. but you look at what amon ra did over the middle in the back half of last year if he carries on in that sort of form and tj and whatever so like on offense i'm not worried about it that that will happen as it happens we can't get any better there what really worries me is devonta smith i'm not worried about aj brown aj brown if he burns you, he burns you. But on the outside, we've actually not been terrible. But for the last few years, it's crossing routes over the middle of the field, which has just been awful. Us, Amani Arouarie, who is our CB1, can't cover that route. He can't do it. Our, our slot cornerback has never really been good enough to do that. And actually, our starting guy from last year got cut in the, in the cut down to 53. So... Mm -hmm. don't know we could be starting a rookie at slot which will be interesting our seventh round pick um so anyone coming over the middle i mean our linebackers can't cover either so smith is the big weapon for me in that and got it as well dallas got it those two are the ones who if you guys are gonna wreck us they'll be the two to watch
2: i think we need to um we need to send this podcast to to Nick Siriani and, and Chase Lightning <laughs> <laughs> and get them to say like this is where they're most worried. This is what you need to do, guys. Not saying we you know, not and doing our bit for the team, the greater good. Um but yeah, just sorry, quickly to touch on on what um what Matt said. Um I I, I like what you say. You you say you're not worried. I, I know like what you mean by that is that you you're almost in a way looking forward to the fact that like the Eagles are gonna be a great acid test for the yeah. team that you feel like you've built and, and it'll give you a it's better to find out where you are day one than it is to sort of be found out a fraud in week seven and, and not know where to go from there, right?
4: Yeah. Yeah, I guess kind of with strength on strength, you're just going to back your strength, but you've got a strength on a weakness and that worries the hell out of me. It hasn't gotten better for years. We haven't invested it as a, as a matter of course. Slot cornerback, linebacker, we've not really regarded it as an important thing, which I think you guys also have felt for quite a long time Suddenly, they've invested in those positions, not so much of a worry anymore. But we'll, you know, we'll see, we'll
1: see, we'll see. But you're, you're, you're dead right. Um, we've, we've finally invested in it, it's almost like our GM has taken a bit of a step this year to mature a little bit further and accept that some of the moves in the past haven't been the best. He's incredible at, at trading and, and picking up players in the off season. Drafting hasn't been his strongest point over the years, he's had a better year this year. And the off season has been good, so it'll be interesting to see how that fares for the Eagles uh, this year. And I hope you guys do invest in it as well. I mean, personally, I'm, a, I'm a, I like the Lions. I like the, the, the underdog story you guys have had over the last few years. And I like Dan Campbell and the city of Detroit. I feel like needs a, a football team who are going to succeed for the people who live there um, for the investment in the city as much as the football club needs it as well. One of my close friends is a Lions fan and. So I, I, know, I know quite a lot about the trials and tribulations of the city and, and the football team itself. I'd like to see you guys do really well this year, um, just so long as you don't do too well against us this coming
3: Sunday. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I hate the lines until after Sunday.
1: <laughs> after Sunday. <laughs> um, I've got a question for you guys here. Um, so we obviously, we know about Williams. Uh, we know about Hutchinson. Uh, but someone else who our fan base may not have been heard about, who's either a rookie or someone you picked up in the off season that we should, that you think could make a splash uh, this coming Sunday that we wouldn't have maybe thought about.
0: I, I think that Deandre Swift is going to have a breakout year. So Deandre Swift, our, our hopes when we drafted him, I think we drafted him at the top of the second round. He was meant to be that like Alvin Kamara type dual threat and it's never really happened. Um, in one of his first games uh, against the Bears, he dropped a pass in the end zone as the clock ran out that would have won us the game. Um, and it you know really knocked his confidence. He's had injury niggles. But I think if this O-line comes together and gels, he's going to have some fantastic running lanes. And the fact that because Goff's now got some deep threats to throw, he can absolutely tear up those kind of, you know, 10, 15 yard gains with yards after the catch, just like you see Kamara do for the Saints. So for me, I think De'Andre Swift could be one to watch. I, I really hope he has a breakout season because he's such a talented guy. I certainly hope so because I've got him in so many fantasy teams this year.
2: Go on, Phil. <laughs> No, I would say it's been quite nice watching um, Juice Staley, see what he can do with um with him this season, especially in the in the hard knocks episodes, seeing him him coaching, it's like another tenuous link between the Eagles and
4: Lions. <laughs> oh, I've got uh, three. Oh, sorry, no, no, Steve, you go.
0: I was going to say that. I mean, yeah, like Juice Staley, Look, I mean, he is like your classic Eagles like player, isn't he? In terms of grit, and uh, you know, yeah. I think the kind of Eagles connection comes really across when you see him. And you know, it was pretty funny that episode where he he'd, he'd so been thoroughly bollocking the running back room that he just lost his voice that's just juice daily all over <laughs>
1: yeah and then and then I, so i watched this on um good morning football they were talking about this and then the day after the day after his voice was fine and everyone was talking about what is he having the night before he goes to bed for his voice to be that good the next day after he's lost it?
4: <laughs> so you, you, you talked about people to kind of keep an eye on that maybe have gone under the radar. And I've got three really quick ones. Two, two, two who people should remember because they're former first round picks, but they're going to go under the radar. In one um, draft pick this year. First one's Charles Harris. Yeah. Former first round pick, reclamation project last year, seven and a half sacks, but kind of still went a bit under the radar with all the attention on Hutchinson on one side and Aline McNeil in the middle. I think Harris is going to see a lot of one-on-ones. And I mean, he, he saw a lot of productivity last year and a lot of pressures. So I've got high hopes for him. Uh, the second guy is Jeff Akuda. And as the former number three overall pick, He shouldn't really be forgotten, but with a year and a half, basically lost to injury and bad coaching in that first year, I mean, atrocious coaching (laughs) that that first year, when we had the old regime, they left new guys came in and in preseason, the first year of this new regime, he, he gave an interview where he said, I didn't know we were meant to know about this thing. And it's like, are, are you talking about leverage? (laughs)
1: <laughs> and it's like,
4: oh my god, you've really got an insight into how awful the previous regime yeah. were when a cornerback, former third overall pick, didn't know what leverage was, like in a really fundamental way. So Akuda, he's finally fit. He's actually won the starting job back, which wasn't a given, but he's beaten out his competition. Really was a hard competition for him to win as well. And he actually looks like he's on it in in protection, in, in coverage, he looks really, really good. So I expect him to show up. The third guy. Is our sixth round pick, Malcolm Rodriguez. You've probably seen him on Hard Knocks. If you've watched Hard Knocks, as a sixth round pick, he was fighting to make the roster when he first came in. If you if you saw him on Hard Knocks, he looks like a psychopath. Like <laughs> uh, you see him in his eyes, I just like to hit people, and it's like, oh, okay. Um, not only has he made the roster, but he actually probably won the starting job three weeks ago. Like mm-hmm. you see him. With um, our linebackers coach and the linebackers coach is saying to everyone, Coach Shep, he's saying, guys, to the to the vets, I'm trying to keep this rookie out of the team because you deserve it as the vets to have the first go. But he's outplaying all of you and making you look bad, like buck your ideas up or he's starting and he's starting. So there you go. watch him play. He's fantastic. He's only 5'11". He's probably the shortest linebacker in the league. But his ability to plug a gap, fill it with ferocity and play bigger than he is, is, is understated. So him versus Hertz, if he plays a spy, him versus Hertz is going to be really interesting.
1: Oh, that will be interesting. I like that. I've jotted down all three names. I'm going to be uh, chalking him off on my team sheet come Sunday when we're watching live at Passion Avenue in London uh, with with some, of our, uh, with some of our fellow Eagles fans. Um, so <clears throat> before we let you guys go... We've got to get some predictions for you guys. So, first of all, we're going to do season predictions. Um, we won't do uh, re- we won't do the record because we covered that already um, for both of you. Uh, but I want to get your MVP, your Rookie of the Year, and your Surprise Breakout Player of the Year. Steve, do you want to go first? MVP, Rookie of the Year, and Surprise Breakout Player of the Year.
0: League wide, yeah no for the lions okay um so i think our mvp will be aiden hutchinson nice like i've i've seriously think that that boy is going to translate very quickly um he yeah he looks lethal and like i said this is going to be an acid test this week coming up against your airline but he, he looks like someone that's just going to absolutely tear it up um that's your rookie of the year as well, sword Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um <laughs> you I, break I, out, I, your breakout player. Um I I think Tracy Walker. So Tracy Walker is third or fourth year safety Matt.
4: Is it... No, no, no. He's re-signed after the end of his rookie deal, isn't he now? So he's fifth year, I reckon. Fifth year.
0: Um mm. he has never had any talent around him. Um, but he's a fantastic player, like puts in the work he's one of those players that never quite gets interceptions that you you kind of like hope for um you know he's always like fingertips away i think he's gonna really come through as, as a with with a bit more talent around him so i'm going for tracy walker
1: tracy walker we're looking forward to getting you guys on uh Next year we can go through all these things and see how you guys fare <laughs> against your predictions. I like to receipts. I like receipts. Receipts are good.
3: It does it to me as well. Don't think you're
1: getting
3: doesn't He
1: keeps <laughs> the amount up, of time. But... The amount of times I called that mix a six-win record. He projected the, for us last is. year. <laughs> yeah. uh, Matthew, same to you, buddy. So um, MVP, rookie of the year, breakout player.
4: MVP is going to be golf um oh hello yeah yeah i think so i i'm bullish on goff so one of the reasons why i'm actually projecting us have a, seat. a bottle of
1: vodka that should be beside you that you've already finished before you okay. said-
4: so I I, I I will preface it with this i'm not a homer for for jared goff week either 10 or 11 during our bye week which was quite late last year i outright said that we should cut him in the bye week like it was so bad that I was like, Tim Boyle just can't be worse than this. And oh, actually, he can. Yeah, <laughs> maybe he can. But so I was calling for him to be cut, and it, the transformation's been huge. He looks he looks so different. Like it, The preseason last year translated to the actual season last year. Like he was awful, and then he was awful. This offseason, he's been really good, and he's actually got the receivers to back it up. So Goff is going to get the business done. Rookie think- of the year. Um, Steve kind of alluded to it already but Aiden you you can't look past that guy i think 10 sacks is is a low bar for him to to cross i think he'll do better than that um breakout player is a really hard one to pick I Jeff kind of said it Jeff yeah i think i think is going to be the one yeah it's got to be no, no. no I, I think Okuda will get you know Five, four, or five picks, and just generally look kind of solid in coverage, and that will represent a really big year for him. Seventeen games fit. I'll take that.
1: Nice.
2: I like it. I like All the. Right. I like the golf. Go no, it's I like the golf and MVP because I've I've had this sort of underlying theory. Sort of, you know, you imagine being in his shoes, going from the Rams to the Lions last season. And also being on a bit of a like mental state going down into a new team, and that, it feels like this season, um, especially with the offseason, you can see it in the in, the, in the, maybe it is just a hard knock sort of uh, sort of crystal ball sort of looking into it. Going actually, he 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 looks a little happier. He looks like he's more settled. The team seems settled. Actually, it feels like he has something to work with. Um, I have actually drafted Goff a couple of times in a few fantasy leagues because I don't really think he's a very good um, late round you know quarterback pick up and 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 I think you might be right on that one
0: do you know what I think will have helped him I think Stafford winning the Super Bowl with the Rams because like that's such a comprehensive kind of ownership that Stafford's had at the Rams like there can't be any like debate you know is Stafford better than Goff which I think if if Stafford had had an okay season I I still think you know the whole Goff Stafford thing would be still being debated but Stafford's won the Super Bowl with the Rams at his first try. And I think that will have just taken a lot of the pressure off him. You know, he doesn't really have anything to prove against, like, Stafford. You know, he it's almost like he's starting with a clean slate.
4: I think the thing about Goff and the trade in general is just, like, I was actually listening to a podcast about this earlier. This was the best case scenario for Goth's exit from the Rams. Signed a massive contract with them, but they wanted rid of him. Sound familiar to any Eagles people? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, so they wanted rid of him. And in that situation, quite often you find quarterbacks being traded to situations where they're either in a really big battle to be QB1 or they're going in as a backup somewhere. True. Goff literally went in a place where he was the unquestioned starter and he just got time to work on himself and kind of get out the other side of things we had the trust in him to kind of sort himself out and he's gone and done it this was a perfect place for him but he also looks like it was a humbling experience for him and he's actually quite grateful and I'm I'm not sure whether that plays into wins and losses but he's all in as much as anyone can be with this staff. he's the one driving it as much as anyone else he got no airtime at all in hard knocks but you can tell behind the scenes he's kind of driving it a little bit
1: yeah, I heard he's quite a quiet uh, personality in, in, in the dressing room. Well, I mean, all this effusive talk about, um, about Jared Goff, I'm looking forward to him going 10 of, uh, tw- 10 of 22, uh, two interceptions and no touchdowns at this and the killing. With that in mind, uh, Eagles podcast, we've got to do that, guys. Come on. Um, you, can, you can do it to us tomorrow when we're on a Road to Life <laughs> podcast. Um, so um, predictions for this weekend. Uh, so, first off, uh, predict the scoreline for the Eagles versus the Lions this weekend.
4: I'll go 35-27 Eagles.
1: Okay. Steve? 28-17 Eagles. Okay. Two wins for the Birds. Now, you guys can keep receipts if you beat us. and <laughs> you, can, you can keep receipts as well. Um, player of the game. We'll go for the Lions because you guys are on. So, player of the game for the Lions.
4: Well oh, that's rough given that prediction. Um, I mean given that we actually score points I'll say on and Brown.
3: Nice.
0: Yeah, I think um I think maybe like a bit of a surprise for DJ Shark. I think he'll catch a couple of long passes, some big gains. So yeah, I'm, I'm going with Shark for the
1: Yeah, I mean unless you're a top 3 wide receiver against Darius Slay, um they tend to they tend to put big big scores against Slay. Uh, the, the second, the, the wide receiver two tend, tend to do well against the Eagles, so that's not a bad shout uh, for Shark. Um, and then outside the box prediction, so uh, something that you wouldn't think might happen, that might happen, a player you think you might score who wouldn't score, a, you know, a safety, something you think that might happen that's a bit outside the box for you guys.
4: Oh, I do fancy a fumble for us in by a, a running back. I do fancy... So we haven't actually touched on it, but our, our right guard, Halepulavasi Vita has just gone on IR. And, That's the Eagles player. Yeah, yeah. So he, he's gone IR. He's out for the first four weeks and we're trying to decide how we're going to replace him. One of the suggestions has been kicking Saul into guard and putting our replacement tackle on, which is a mental idea and should not happen, but it's being seriously considered. Saul took reps at guard today in practice, which oh is right. really worrying. So yeah. whoever's playing at left end for you guys, so Brandon Graham,
1: Probably? You can have Brandon Graham, you can have Josh Webb, but we also picked up Hassan Reddick in the off-season who's had and okay, so sacks in two seasons. <laughs> let's
4: see, let's see. I reckon a Reddick scoop and score. All right, there you go. Reddick scoop. Love me. that. We're wow. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be actually,
3: honestly, I, 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 I'm sort of blown away that you said they would move to to guard and bring in a different tackle. Oh. The, 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 the chat from um, that I had sort of seen was that they would bring in Kramer um, and at right guard. Kramer um, didn't
4: even practice today, so... Did you not? <laughs> no. Well, see,
3: see the, these are the things that we need to find out that we, we wouldn't normally know. No, because Tommy Kramer is a um, former Notre Dame player. Um, I'm a Notre Dame fan, so I got the privilege to watch Tommy um, through his um, college career, and he was uh, on a pretty good line. Back then, you know, it was Eichenberg, uh, Banks, um, Patterson, who's now the centre for Notre Dame, um, Kramer, and Hainsey was the, the, the other who is now starting for the Bucks because they've had their own old line worries. Um, but, you know, like, obviously, looking at close matchups for the Eagles against the Lions, we're looking to see, you know, where's the chink in the armour? Where's, you know, where's the chink in the armour of the Great Wall of Detroit, as you call your, your offensive line? Um, and, and, you know, that's that's the sort of place where we're looking to try and penetrate in that interior, collapse the pocket, get to golf, because we know we can't scramble. You've said it yourselves. And, and you know, that's where we're probably looking to get, you know, win in the trenches. And that, that's sort of a philosophy across the um, across the piece. That's how, how he has been building our team. And such, shows, it's really actually interesting that you're talking about bringing Sue into that interior and bringing in a guard. But it's 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 it's, it's maybe quite worrying actually, like for, mm. for the, some of the edge players that we brought in this year, like have like me, you saying Hassan Redick on that edge is against someone. I mean, I don't even know who your backup right tackle is.
4: Uh he's a converted defensive end called Matt Nelson. He's um a bit of a open door, shall we say, just kind of let you on through which is fine our backup guard is apart from kramer who did really well in preseason by the way he's yeah, a, legit, a player, man. he's a player if he's fit you he should start the other guard is logan stenberg who's a third year former third round pick and came in with high acclaim and has just been awful and then the switch kind of went on for him on the second game of preseason this year the first time he ever looked good don't know how he's made rosters up to this point and game two and game three, he posted great PFF grades. He looked very solid. If he comes in, fine. I, I, I'm hopeful. That is a much better scenario than kicking in Saul. But it looks like they're seriously considering it, which is just worrying. I don't know if, Steve, you have any difference of opinion on that. But it's probably the biggest point in this game is what's going to happen at that position. Because if you can exploit that, it, it kind of throws all our plans out the window.
1: We have our little snippet. I
0: can't see them moving, Saul. So That'd be mental. <laughs>
4: Yes,
3: that is. That, 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 like, when you say that, I was just like, hold on, what? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, no, Kamer can do a job in the, in, in the offensive line, I reckon.
0: Wow. Can I ask a, I ask a question for you guys? Of course you can. So, every, you know, like, if you, if you look at the sort of um, the NFL cognoscenti and the, they always pick the same teams, you know, for the Super Bowl, it's always the Packers, the Rams you know the the same the books, but then every year there's like one sort of you know sort of top 10 team that is the kind of the, the kind of sort of themed pick the kind of uh the hype train and like last year it was like the broncos which seemed to be like the kind of hype train and that got derailed very quickly but it seems that this year it's the eagles like i heard greg rosenthal on around the nfl Say that the Eagles were going to be like the number one seed in the NFC, which was oh, I, a...
4: I think they're going to be the number one seed in the NFC.
0: I mean, how do you guys feel about that? Are, <laughs> are you kind of like slightly nervous? What do you, do you think that you've got? You, know, you you can sort of walk it and talk it.
1: I think you're going to get three different answers from us here, uh, <laughs> because you've got well, me. I'm a bit. I'm a bit like you, Matthew. I'm very positive, uh, sometimes over positive about about the Eagles' chances. And um, you got Phil, we call Phil the fence. He doesn't like to make too many takes <laughs> this podcast. And then, no, I'm joking. Well, you kind of are. And then Mick is Mick's almost more realistic and, and almost goes the other way sometimes and likes to be the bad guy, you know, play the bad guy attitude on the podcast. That's nice.
3: I thought you were going to call me a doom merchant or something like that. No,
1: no, no. But he's, <laughs> yeah, he, he's kind of a doom merchant. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so he had the six wins last year. I'll, I'll go first. Um, the Eagles historically. Pretty much for the last 12 years, um, which is I haven't been supporting that long, but since I've been supporting, they've always been underdogs. And when we went to win the Super Bowl, uh, we were underdogs. We were hungry dogs. And that was the whole theme. And if you watch Kelsey's speech um, on the Rocky Steps, then, you know, you'll see the embodiment and the emotion that came from that year. And we weren't expected to win the Super Bowl that year. And historically, the Eagles have always performed really well as underdogs. And any time we've been favourites or been said in the national and local media to have a team that's expected to do very well, generally we haven't performed very well. This year feels a bit different with that. Um, for, me, per, for me personally, a lot is going to ride on Jalen Hurts. A lot is going to ride on Nick Sirianni. And a lot is going to ride on Jonathan Gannon. They are the three pieces that this season is going to ride on. Injuries, you can't bank for. You know, If we get curtailed with injuries... That is what it is, and you, you can kind of throw that season out the door almost. I think the Eagles, if Jalen progresses the way he's progressed every year since he left college and continues on that trajectory and continues to display the same form he showed in preseason, I know it's preseason, right? I know it's all July, August football, right? I, we, know, we know what that means.
4: But I'm a believer in,
1: in, in training camps and in preseason and, and ma- matchups because you can show improvements in those than you have in previous years, and Jalen's showed that. We have a better receiving core. We have a better um, defense by a, a mile. We have more depth at nearly every position than we've had before. And we have, I mean, Devontae Smith, Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Miles Sanders, offensive line, even Quez Watkins as the third wide receiver. And picking up Zach Pascal from the Colts as wide receiver four, who we haven't talked about, has had an incredible training camp so far. I think the Eagles have a chance of making the Super Bowl this year. I genuinely do think we have a chance of making the Super Bowl this year. Do I think we will? Probably not. I think it might be a bit too early for that. Um, And I think looking into next year, we can stay healthy, keep some of the the veterans who don't get too old to to compete and some of the young players continue to come through. I think the Eagles could be one of the favourites for the Super Bowl next year if they come relatively close this year. I see the Eagles winning two playoff games this year. Um and I and I think winning one playoff game can still be seen as a success. Um and I think anything less than winning one playoff game will be seen as a failure. Mick.
3: Hold your horses there, son. <laughs> 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 no, um cautious. Just the, the, the word for me is cautious. Um we were a team that went nine and eight last year. We crept into the playoffs. We actually had the same record as the Saints last year. We only got into the playoffs on a head to head against them. So let's not say, you know, Jalen Hurts carried this team to the playoffs, because well, I, I mean, been, I suppose he sort of did, but we we, we got in the back door. and um, we don't we still don't know what we've got from Hurts. We still need to see um, you know, being better thrown outside the numbers, um, throwing, you know, the, the balls over the middle. Um Hart's has got quite a bit to prove this season for me. Um, and first and foremost, we need to take care of the division. The Cowboys won the division last year. You may say they, they have had a, a worse off-season. We've had a, a pretty good off-season, but it doesn't count for much um, when the regular season kicks in and the games start to come in thick and fast. So um, I'm cautious at the moment. Can we make the Super Bowl? <laughs> Potentially, it's the NFL. Um, you get surprises here, there, everywhere. Teams go from um, the bottom of the division to the top of the division. They are like nine times out of 10 or whatever the stat is, but um, take care of the division. First and foremost, tie up one of the top four spots in the playoffs and see what we can do from there. Get Try and get a home game. And yeah, we'll see where we go.
2: Defense? Yeah. <laughs> incredibly uneasy is is how it makes me feel um i feel like it's a season too early um i welcome it like it makes me feel good because i always i I put a lot more weight into um an external point of view so when the nfl the great NFL community starts talking this up i i I like that obviously it makes me feel like we're not just being delusional and thinking the eagles are good clearly everyone thinks the eagles are going to be good but that's just what it is it's, it's a theory um the Eagles have done all the right things on paper. They've done all the right things in theory. And in theory, it should be a very good season. Um, I feel like if Eagle, the Eagles were in talk as as Super Bowl contenders after everything this season comes to fruition, I'd be sort of like, well, yeah, because look at us. We're incredible. We're amazing. The team, the squad is great. The, the, we had a, a, an incredible season. that We improved in every area, blah, blah, blah. Logically, we are one of the top contenders for the NFC. But at the moment, it just feels not the foundation for which this praise is coming is fragile maybe and and needs to be seen to be believed in my opinion where do you think your achilles heel is
0: phil where's where's the kind of you're talking about that kind of worry and that fragility where where's the bit that like really worries you
2: just just that that everything they've done feels like it's the right move like it's hard to pick holes in where the eagles like oh i they did this but yeah but you know, that doesn't mean anything. You know, he's a washed up player. It's like every area they've strengthened has been with with key players, that the draft has been next to flawless, you know, the trade for AJ Brown. It's like you couldn't, you know, you ask every NFL fan how you want their team's draft or off to go, you know, most wouldn't ever dream of their team achieving pretty much everything that they, they felt that their team needed to do. And it's just a case of, they build you up higher, um, which means that when it, if it doesn't come to fruition the the, the you know, the, the higher you are, the, the, the further you fall. So it's just that, it's just that worry. I don't want, I don't want it all just to come crashing down. Like I, I was saying to Mick before the, before the pod jokingly that um, I was like, please don't listen to the Lions. And it's not because I think they said <laughs> it could happen, but it's just like, I just don't want my balloon to be fully deflated come week two. I just don't want it to be like, it's been inflated. It can't even fit inside this room at the moment. And then we, we turn up week one and it just turns out that half of it was bullshit. Um,
1: the, big, the biggest the biggest uh, weakness, the biggest worry for me is Jonathan Gannon, defensive coordinator for the Eagles. Uh, he didn't uh, scheme well last year. He's got players in who can help him this year. And he has no excuses whatsoever to not be a top 10 defense this year with, with the defense we have. Uh, or at the very least, a top 12, 13 defense. Uh, but so far, he's proven to be very stubborn and, and not moved away from his philosophies. So, the biggest risk for me is, is Jonathan Gannon as a defensive coordinator.
4: Not to blow smoke up, too much smoke up your asses, but I'm looking at your schedule now. And I am. Si- well, if I just go, which team is better than which team? I have you 14 and three. Just saying.
1: <laughs> That's the highest we've heard so
4: far. Um, okay. So you should win all of your first nine games. There's not a team in that that you should lose to, including Dallas. Dallas are bad. They are a bad football team now. They have made too many moves detracting from what they've got. And they're they're not going to get – you match up so well against them. You should win the division at the very, very least. But that that little run in the middle, Indy, Green Bay, Tennessee, that's hard. And then the last five games are easy – not easy, but like New York twice – the key word oh. there
2: is "should," though. As you've said, you should be sure. those. You should be those.
1: Yeah. in the last game of the season if we have made the playoffs, or if we have made the last two. We're probably not going to put a team out there for it. I'm twelve and five at the moment. If you want to ask me where I am,
2: <laughs> same. All right, guys. Listen, thank you
1: so much for joining us. We're going to be joining you guys on the Roar the Lions podcast tomorrow. If anyone's listening in and wants to listen to that episode, please go and follow them. Where can they follow you out on Twitter, guys?
4: Uh, it's Twitter.com/slash. R-O-T-L underscore UK or just search for Raw the Lions UK on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, that sort of thing.
1: Perfect. We'll be on there tomorrow talking to you guys. I'm sure you'll have many more questions for us uh, like we did for you guys today. We really appreciate you guys coming on. Uh, We're going to take a little break um, for 60 seconds and then we'll be back with the rest of the agenda for this podcast. Steve, Matthew, thank you so much. Look forward to seeing you guys tomorrow. Take care, guys. Cheers, boys.
3: Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys.
1: This podcast is sponsored by Passion Avenue, London's premier Philadelphia sports bar. It is the number one location to watch Eagles games at NFL football this season. I can guarantee you that because I've been there myself a number of times. Not only that, but we are also due to be hosting some kick-ass watch parties for Eagles games during the season. Stay tuned for more on that. But if you are a member of the British and Irish Eagles, you will also receive 20% off your food and drink once a month at Passion's London locations in Fitzrovia, Waterloo, and Stratford. You can sign up via our website www.british-eagles.co.uk. Don't wait till the season begins, though, to take a trip because Passion serves up authentic American eats such as the classic Philly cheesesteaks, buffalo wings, and much, much more. Follow us both on Twitter, at British Eagles and at Passion Avenue. You can also find Passion on Instagram and TikTok. If you are looking for an excuse to wear your Eagles jersey before the season kicks off, then hit them up. Go Birds! That was good to have their Roar the Lions boys on, wasn't it, Phil?
2: Yeah, such um, such generous with their time as well. Um, We've been on a couple of times. I was going to... I was going to mention whilst they were on, but I didn't get a chance that um I think we were actually on live with them for their their draft show when we drafted uh uh Davis. So I do remember that and that's kind of like a bit of a not a surprise. I know we'll get into that later in the season, but you know how much it was a case of the, the trade now it's how much how good it's looking now. But drafting Davis at the time, it was a bit of a oh wow moment for us.
1: Bit of a flex as well. They came back to us and told us we were their best guests
2: during the draft. Uh so flex for of us. Of course.
1: Flex for us. <laughs> um, all right, guys. Just going to um, tie up some house housekeeping stuff. So, uh, injury report has been released today uh, for the birds, and um, we can confirm that Jason Kelsey is going to be fit and ready to play week one. Yes, Shagger. Um, so Kelsey's going to be fit to play week one. Miles Sanders was in full practice today. Um, which we've been waiting to see after he's been out for a number of weeks now. Uh, so it looks like Miles Sanders is going to be strapping up as running back one for the Birds this weekend against the Lions. Limited in practice, there are only three participants today on the Eagles 53 man roster who were limited in practice. That was Derek Barnett, who is eating ribs in the Bonehead Cafe, as, we, as Phil just told me as we were taking a short break there. Uh, Javon Hargreave has a toe injury and Josiah scott has a hamstring injury so uh hargrave the biggest uh limited participant there i think we can say Derek barnett um close second and then J- scott i don't think that's going to affect Eagles too much this week against the lions if he doesn't suit up for us but good news again good news about sanders mick
3: yeah i mean <clears throat> we we need to be healthy this year well Miles needs Miles to be healthier this year. Um, he's coming into a contract year. We have spoke about it in the last couple of podcasts. Actually, that that he needs to perform if he wants to keep his job in Philadelphia. Um, and it's it's, it's encouraging that he's coming back. Hopefully, he's fit for the lines in week one. He's shaking off the rust um, over the practice, the, the couple of practices that we've got before Sunday um because he, he can be a big part of that like he absolutely destroyed the lines <clears throat> during the regular season last year so hope hopefully more of the same
1: please i feel that i feel that I, I really want miles Sanders to have a big year this year i think the best scenario for the eagles is he has a healthy year he's a great year and he picks up a contract moving forward he becomes our, our running back one as long as he stays healthy, as long as he stays healthy after that. A couple of other things to note uh, that have been uh, doing the rounds on on media today. I want to come to you first here, Phil. Uh, Quez Watkins will be the returner for the Philadelphia Eagles uh, against the Lions this Sunday. How happy to see Jalen Rager's name not on that depth chart as the returner and Quez Watkins in there to see where he can show his speed. He still says he's the fastest player in the NFL, Quez Watkins.
2: I um, I'd be very concerned if I saw Raiga returning kicks for the Eagles in week one, given that <laughs> he's no longer on the team. But,
1: um,
2: I think short of um seeing the 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 people who've been doing it on pra- on practice, so Devin Allen for one, obviously a bit of excitement around it and sort of um having a having a go or two. But I think it it, it makes sense. He you know he, he is super fast. He is he's super agile. He, you know he can't do any worse. Let's face it. So I think um. Yeah, I'm happy happy with that because uh, I think maybe if it had been last season, we would have been slightly worried that, you know, our perceived wide receiver two was returning kick, but now he's obviously a little bit further down the depth chart, not for his own fault, but just because the team is a lot stronger now, we can afford to take that risk um, with a player like Quez Watkins. So um, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, Watkins to the house instead of Rager to the house. For a chance. Walk Walking the house, mate. How does that sound? <laughs> well, I don't know. You might see the return of number
3: 18 building returns. Um Brent Covey, I think, has taken Rieger's number since he's vacated the 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 um, Eagles for the Vikings. So um, he might be elevated for Sunday, you never know. Maybe they're keeping that up their sleeve. They didn't want to um, give too much away during the press conference. Um We'll I, think really I don't think we could do any worse than what we've been the special teams last year was not a great unit to be honest with you yeah, it was the fielding kick returns punt returns was, 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 was well when when you saw Rieger on the backfield, you thought you had a big lump in your throat, thinking like, oh god he's going to fumble the ball you know and but or run five yards and run absolutely. out. Absolutely.
1: can't arse to go through the middle of any players. Yeah.
3: <clears throat> so, yeah, we could see number 18 taking the field once more.
1: Well, the Eagles only have four wide receivers uh, on their practice squad, on their, sorry, their squad at the moment, obviously being AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, um, Quez Watkins and Zach Pascal. So, do you, Phil, do you reckon it could be who, who who is elevated this week? I would imagine there will be one wide receiver
2: elevate this week to the to the 53 yeah I, I tried to ask ESP but he didn't get back to me Or who you thought um I was just going to go with whatever he said <laughs> um <laughs> I think it's a nice position to be in not knowing who your wide receiver five is I think we were scraping the barrel in previous years so um yeah Britton Covey I think seems the, the, the logical choice um might be Kane as well but um yeah, it's a, it's a tough one to call, but ultimately it feels a bit like a like a like a not a non a non worry for me. Like, it, yeah, it, it, whoever it is, will will certainly be be adding something, but it we're not we're not relying on it. So I'm happy to to skirt over that one a little bit.
1: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Probably not going to make a massive difference. Come Sunday, or or could it when we get to our outside the box predictions in a bit? Uh, so Mick, uh, our Yo. offensive our offensive line guru. Uh, for the for the British Hour Shields oh, wow. the podcast. Uh, Jack Driscoll has been taking snaps at left tackle. think yeah.
3: about that? Yeah. Well, I mean, it makes sense, doesn't it? Um, we lost um, Dillard to IR. He's been placed in IR with these um, wrist problem. I wonder what he was doing with that wrist to, to break it. Um, I'll, I'll leave that to you to decide. Uh, <laughs> but you know, if, if obviously we've got my latter as a so starting left tackle, um, fingers crossed, knocking wood, all that sort of thing. And nothing happens to him over the, the course of the time that Dillard is out. But you know, we have to have some insurance there. If my does go down, um we need someone competent to take over. I mean there was whispers or rumors or whatever you want to call it about moving Lane Johnson to left tackle. And and moving Driscoll down into the right tackle spot, but I think that just complicates Miles. I don't think Stoutland would make that sort of move that just makes yourself weaker on both ends rather than just one. Um, we obviously have uh, the Raven Clark as our sort of backup lower tier swing tackle at the moment. Um, but it makes a lot of sense for for to take snaps and and take reps in practice. Why not? Like see, let's see what jack driscoll can do if, if we need him in a tight spot then i'm sure he can step up be the next man up i think be the, the big, next man think,
2: up yeah 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 i think the bigger question is how will jack driscoll get on um wiping his behind with his other hand As I know, <laughs> it's the bigger question that gets asked <laughs> when a, when a tackle has to switch size um but we do need to touch on the fact that that Dillard seems to... He's like the the perennial sick note at work, and he? he's like, oh, yeah. he seems to manage to get injured or be off work. Had
1: a good uh, off-season, uh, off Dillard.
2: Yeah, but <laughs> that's what I mean. It's like, oh, you no, know, I was so wanting to be the starting left. <laughs> damn it. Just, oh, this thing happened and my wrist or, or whatever. But, yeah, no, seriously, though. I yeah. give,
1: can I give kudos, though, for in the space of 30 seconds... Mick managed to use the phrases wrist injury and knock on wood.
4: <laughs>
2: there
1: I don't know how we move on from that one, but um, let's, let's go to um, dog mentality. Sirianni, in his press conference today, was asked, what's the mentality going into week one? And it's dog mentality. I, I, like, I like the analogy and I like him persevering with that. And dog mentality might be important Mick, coming up against the Lions team who we talked about, who are ferocious in their, uh, in their wants and, and in, in hard knocks. And they're led by Dan Campbell, a bear of a man. You're going to need to have a, a dog mentality to come against this team because they're going to be going hard at us this Sunday, no matter what happens.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, that's what Dan Campbell is trying to do in Detroit. He's trying to promote a culture. Um, in that locker room and, and get his guys fired up as most he can because he knows he has holes in his roster. He's, there's holes all over and um, The Lions roster, all due respect to the Lions. Um, but, I mean, the Eagles are, are favourites in this game and we're only three-point favourites, I think, uh, um, in the bookies just now, which...
1: Did you say three-point favourites? Yeah. Katie, um, what's the mortgage? Can we remove... <laughs> Uh, this, sorry uh,
3: don't, oh, we'll keep up on Africa podcast I'll see what she you said <laughs> um, your mortgage aside uh, <laughs> you, I don't I think Jay, Jason Kelsey came out today and he said you know this team hasn't won anything yet um, let's let's um, prove it on the field um, yeah. we've, we've done and, and we've said that ourselves as well we've done a lot of good things in off season, a lot of good things um, couldn't praise high enough but I Great offseason we've had so far, but the team have to show it on the field and we can't take any sort of complacency. You know, can't go out in the field thinking, yeah, this is this is an easy dub against the Lions because yeah. Yeah, they might just shock you. So um it's good no, that, that Seriani's still is. promoting that dog mentality. Yeah, absolutely. But we might be favourites coming at this team, we might be favourites coming in. Yeah, quite a few matchups this year with the strength of schedule that we have, but yeah, we have to go in knowing that we have a job to do and execute, execute, execute.
1: You give me nightmares that this Sunday we're going to go in and it's going to be like 14-0 to the Lions. And me and Phil are going to be sitting there arm in arm, you know, with a beard going... Uh. That's not happening. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, good stuff. So, um, listen, we tried to get to this question last week on the podcast and unfortunately we didn't, we ran out of time. But as it's the first podcast of the year where we're doing the review, of the first game of the year. Uh, We're going to get to ESP's question, uh, and it's an interesting question that he posed to me last week, and that is, can the Eagles win the division if Dak Prescott is better than Jalen Hurts? Phil?
2: Yeah, absolutely, because I don't feel that the Cowboys are in a wholesome position that the Eagles are in. We're not solely reliant on... Hurts being we want. Obviously, it's we're not, we're not relying on it, but it's a massive linchpin. in whether we have a, an amazing season or or, or, or not, yeah. but if he's has the same season as last season, we will still be better. And we were pretty good last season in comparison to um, the Cowboys as well. Um, and yeah, and the Cowboys just seem to have gotten worse all around as, as, as an entity it's still baffling why they're, 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 they're um, the odds, odds makers are, are putting them above us If it's so slightly I think it might be even at the moment I'm not sure but they've been above us predominantly um, getting rid of Cooper um, the issues and the doubts surrounding that team and and, and on the offensive line um, yeah the injuries as well have not helped I mean, the Cowboys. Like, the, I think was it two, three seasons ago that they were they were blowing out teams, but then they just got absolutely humiliated other times. They're sort of uh, very much like the Leeds United to to relate back to ESP sort of like <laughs> from last season. They would very much go out and they'd either smash someone or like get absolutely humiliated. Bit of a dig from.
1: at ESP there for not answering your question earlier on today. I like that. Yeah, nice.
2: absolutely. Um, <laughs> so, I th- so I think generally from a consistency and solid solid foundation, the Eagles can still be better, irrespective of the quarterback. So. If you're taking them out of the equation, that seems to make the decision. Yeah,
1: I, f- I feel you, yeah, but but just um, plain devil's advocate here, Mick. If Dak Prescott, if Dak Prescott can have a year and he's shown flashes of being an MVP NFL candidate for periods of seasons, if he can put together an MVP season for the for the Dallas Cowboys, at least for the majority of the season, do you think that's enough for us to be worried about uh, Dallas taking the division ahead of us?
3: Well. No. <clears throat> we, we, we still should be worried about Dallas to a certain extent. I know they have, they have not had the greatest of off season, but they won the, they, they won the division last year. We have to take it off them. They swept us last year. We have to change that. Um, I think did Dallas sweep the whole division last year, but I mean the, the Giants Washington side we can't really do much about that, but um we have to make sure that we take care of our own business. And instead of worrying about what Dallas are doing um, or what Dallas are not doing, <clears throat> for as far as the season that Dak has, I think he'll um, Phil rather hit it, hit the nail on the head. Is that it's more than just a quarterback game? Um, I think the the off moves that we've made, and you know that some of the injuries that, that Dallas have sustained in the off couple of guys that they've lost, um, like Amari Cooper, they, they lost Tyrone Smith to IR, um, James Washington that they brought in as well, they've lost him to IR. So they, they don't have a lot of receiving options for Dak. That O-line possibly isn't going to be as strong as it's traditionally been for Dak to sling the, the ball around. He has a mobile quarterback, but you know, coming off that injury, as he is mobile as he used to be? He says he's feeling good about it, but, you know, his word against what we actually see on the field could be something completely different. So I mean to answer the, the question, Dak absolutely could have a better year than Jalen Hurts. He could, you know, throw for X number of yards more than more than Jalen does. But um it doesn't always translate to wins. And at the end of the day that, that's that's the marker and that's what's going to take the division and put us in playoffs. So um we'll see.
1: And they, they did sweep the division last year, just to, just to confirm on that, on that front. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, f- from my perspective, um, I'm on the fence. I'm taking a, a Phil stance. No, oh, claxon,
3: f- Fence claxon. Fence <laughs> claxing is off.
1: I think if, that, if Dak Prescott has a, a, a better year than Jalen Hurts, let me clarify this. I think Jalen Hurts is going to have a good year. So if Dak Prescott has a better year than the Jalen Hurts, who I already think is going to have a good year, then I think it could be very tight for the NFC East. Um, the difference is I don't think Dak Prescott is going to have a better year than Jalen Hurts this year. Um, ergo, I think the Eagles are going to um, maybe not sweep the whole NFC East. I think mean, there could be a loss or two in there. But I think they will, they will win uh, comfortably by at least a couple of, a, couple of, a couple of games. That's where I I stand at the moment. With that in mind, gentlemen, it is our favourite part of doing our weekly podcast during the season, and that is our Predictions podcast. Now, earlier on in the podcast, we talked about there will be a um, a forfeit, which which we'll put on Twitter for the listeners in to decide what that forfeit is. And on top of that, the loser will also donate some money to charity. So there's a lot riding on not coming last this year. So get your thinking caps on I I hope you have already I certainly haven't I'm about to do mine now live um but you know because Mick is looking at his sheet I'm going to go to Mick first for (laughs) for his predictions so just to remind everyone the questions that we ask every week for myself Mick and Phil to predict first one is who's going to score the first touchdowns for the Eagles the second is who's going to have the most receiving yards for the Eagles the third is Who's going to have, uh, sorry, the third is which team is going to have um, the most, the total rushing yards. Sorry, no, that's the Eagles. What, what, um, what will be the total rushing yards for the Eagles? Then it'll be the total number of sacks for the Eagles. Finally, it'll be an outside of the box prediction. Sorry, semi-finally. And then finally, what the final score is. So first touchdown, receiving yards, rushing yards, sacks outside the box and final score. Mick, I have my little uh, spreadsheet in front of me. Yes, Phil, I can use spreadsheets as well as you. Um, So I'm going to track your answers. So who is going to be the first touchdown scorer for the Eagles this coming Sunday against the Lions, Mick?
3: Miles Sanders. Ooh. And is that borne out of the fact that he's now healthy? I just want to see it more than anything else. I think um, we've been very successful running the ball. If we get down to the goal line, and we're in that sort of situation. I think Sanders can run it in. And he'll be itching to get on that touchdown score sheet because he didn't get any last year. So he, he'll want it more than anyone. So let's, let's
1: go, let's go, Miles. I like the thought process there. First touchdown, Phil?
2: I think it's written in the stars for it to be AJ Brown.
4: Nice.
2: I know it seems like everyone's saying that he's going to take targets away and probably be less of an effective Receiver than, than maybe Smith, and that might mean that Smith gets the the more of the action. But I just think it's what I've seen is basically like, you know, face palming, like, of course, it's going to be AJ Brown.
1: All right, I like that. So we got a Mars Sanders for making AJ Brown for Phil. I'm going to go Dallas Goddard um, as the first to chance scorer to for Eagles. I think Goddard's going to have a monster this year this year. Uh, the bigger players on the defensive side of the ball are going to be coming towards AJ Brown. And Goddard is just going to be, you know, he's going to overmatch everyone he's up against nearly all the time. So I got Dallas Goddard as the first touchdown of the game for the Eagles. Okay, Mick, back to you. Most receiving yards for the Eagles this Sunday.
3: Well, it's funny that you mentioned Dallas Goddard, isn't it? Because I'm going to put <laughs> him down for the most receiving yards in the game. I think the, 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 the Lions guys that were on were talking about how weak the linebacker position is and how they struggle over the middle. And Dallas Goddard, Dallas Goddard is a like beast over that middle.
1: Love it. Love it. Miles Sanders for the first touchdown and Dallas Goddard for the most receiving yards. Phil, most receiving yards. You've got A.J. Brown as your first touchdown scorer.
2: Uh, yeah, so based on what I said, it's got to be A.J. Brown for the first touchdown. But because of his, what we all think is going to happen with Brown taking the majority of the, uh, the coverage, is that Smith is going to end up with more receiving yards, but just not going to get the first touchdown.
1: Uh, I'm going to back you up there, Phil. I also have Devontae Smith down as most receiving yards. I feel like he's going to have a monster year this year as well. I feel like Dallas Goddard's going to have a lot of touchdowns this year, but Smith's going to eat yards down the field for the birds. So back to you, Mick. And um, the third question is total rushing yards. Now we were very hit and miss on getting this right last year. We were all some, over the
3: place every week. <laughs> some
1: seriously weird predictions going on.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that, that last time we played Detroit last season, we ran all over them. That is when we decided to switch to the own game heavily. Um, notably, last season, we, we sort of came out of the traps. We wanted Jalen to throw the ball, but depending on how what. Serrani sees the ratio to be going into this season again if we're going to be gone heavy or not so I'll go with a conservative 130 at this point just now okay
1: okay 130 for Mick uh you see uh, Mick's 130 you going to raise you going to lower that Phil uh
2: about the same slightly lower though um based on the fact that I think the Eagles are going to be determined to not rely too much on on Jalen Hurts' uh, ability to scramble out of the pocket so we're going to lose a handful of yards in that respect. So I think about the 120, 125 mark. So, 125 well, I'm
1: going to ask you for one there. Is it 120 or
3: 125? 125, sorry. Under, undercut, maybe five yards. <laughs> that's
1: <laughs> close. That's close. Uh, the You're going to go lost... for
3: 135, just sandwich me right in
1: the middle. Nah, but I'm not, I don't I don't play game theory like that. I'm going to go to Eagles for 169 yards against hey. the D Lions uh, this, this coming Sunday. Uh, Jalen Hurts is going to go off rushing yards, and um, everyone's expecting him to, to be more of a pocket passer this year, or at least try and pocket pass more, not going to happen against the Lions, Jalen's going, going to rush for a lot of yards, and so is Miles, and there's going to be a couple of big plays from, from the uh, running back two and three as well, so 169 for me. Right, back to you Mick, number of sacks against one of the best offensive lines in the league.
3: Yeah, like we spoke about earlier on with the Lions guys, this is the, the Great Wall in Detroit we're talking about and we sort of said if we're gonna collapse a it's gonna be in that interior. Um don't know how much joy we're gonna get in, in the ends. So I'm gonna go for just the, the one sorry sack on this one we've read. Okay. Phil, how many
1: sacks? I'm going with uh four. Four sacks.
2: Yep. I'm not but I'm not buying that. I think the I think the ego's Eagles... Uh, Defense is just going to be running riot, making uh, scramble. If they
3: move Sewell into guard, it will be. Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) Oh, I'm on the fence now because I was going to go three. I was going to go three, (laughs) thinking Phil was going to go two. Um, So I'm going to drop mine by one. I'm going to go two sacks for the Eagles. Uh, I don't think they'll drop Sewell into guard. I think that's idiotic. And I think two sacks is, is a decent return for our defensive line slash linebackers against uh, uh, one of the best offensive lines in the league. So I'm going to go two. Sweet. All right, Mick, that brings you to the outside of the box prediction. We go over
3: here. Is another slay pick six outside the box when he did it so regularly last year.
1: Definitely <laughs> F- outside the box.
3: Yeah, let's go slay pick six. Slay's a captain this year and he absolutely loves it. He'll want his he statement out there against his old team. Let's go.
2: I
1: love that.
2: Phil? Um, kind of got uh, created for me by the, the Lions guys. I really like the sound of uh, Hassan uh, Redick forcing a fun more scooping up and taking it all the way in for six.
1: Alternate house.
2: Love that scoop and score.
1: All right. Okay, I got I got a bit of an outside the box there for you, for you guys. Now I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Ques Watkins. Seventy plus receiving yards and a touchdown. How do we feel about that as an outside the box?
2: That's that's pretty out there. I think, I think one or the other. I if you said one or the other, I'd be like that's not outside the box. But together, I think is it's definitely out there. So it's going to be like one explosive bomb yeah. right oh, in or, the field. <laughs>
1: yeah. Or or like a you know a, a shovel pass or a or a check down or a screen pass and then and Watkins just goes for 74 yards. But to be fair, the odds that are happening are ridiculous. And I'm not sure how many times Watkins went over 70 yards last year. He scored a touchdown. I'm not sure he did both in the same game. So I feel pretty confident that's a that's an outside the box prediction. All right, final score then, folks. Mick, you are first um i
3: will go 36
1: 14. 3614 yeah wow big score lines like it positivity from uh the, the doom and gloom mm. uh phil what are you going for uh
2: 37 12 i'm not undercutting you again I swear to <laughs> <I'm
1: in. laughs> <laughs> the are you? Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I think it's gonna be tired than that, guys. I'm gonna go 28 to 21 to the Eagles. All right, there you have it. So just to round it up, uh Liam has myself as Dallas got our first touchdown scorer, most receiving yards Devontae Smith, total rushing yards 169 yards, number of sacks two. Outside the box prediction, Watkins have 70 receiving yards and a score, and the final score to be 28-21 to to our birds. Mick the Beard has Miles Sanders as the first touchdown scorer, most receiving yards, Dallas Goddard, total rushing yards, 130 yards, number of sacks, Uno, and outside the box, Slay pick six. That feels like it should be the name of a fantasy football team. And final score, 36 to 14 for Mick to the birds. Phil has got AJ Brown, first touchdown. That will be poetic. Uh, most receiving yards of Monte Smith, like myself. Total rushing yards clinging onto the coattails of Mick here one, two, five. Number of sacks, four. That'll be incredible. Outside the box, Hassan Reddick, six points scoop and score and final score 37 to 12 i have to say if all things come in i want all of phil's to come in because that will be an awesome game to watch it will be score. it will be
2: an awesome game <laughs> don't you worry liam <laughs> <laughs> you uh, won't remember it on monday morning no <laughs> I <won't. laughs>
1: yep i have put in for annual leave on monday morning that has been confirmed and <laughs> um, listen guys phil i'm really looking forward to seeing you on sunday buddy uh, Going to watch uh, the Eagles Lions game live at Passion Avenue. in Waterloo leaks through under the Arches. If you're listening in and you coming along, drop us a message on Twitter, at British Eagles, um, or, or drop us a comment on our Spotify for next man for the next man up on the score podcast. Mick, it's been a pleasure to have you uh, with us, your, sir. And, and Phil, same to you. I can see that AJ Brown 11 and Miles Sanders jerseys in the background. Maybe they're the two players who are the spark and ignite the Eagles' win versus the Lions on Sunday. We have been the Next Man of the Podcast. We are the British and Irish Eagles. We love you, and we hope to see you soon when we come back next week for the one O Birds. Go Birds!